contract news, launch dates, and the FIA in a little bit of hot water. This week I'm chatting all about the news we've had over winter break. So get ready, because you've been sent to the steward's office. Hello everyone, and welcome back to the steward's office. I'm Syrah, and we are going to be having a chat this week about the news that's gone on over winter break. I want to start off with saying Happy New Year though, and I hope that you guys have enjoyed the start to your new year and the festive season, whether you were celebrating it or not. Whoever you were celebrating it with, whether you were on your own, I just hope you had some really good downtime and rest and were doing something that you enjoyed. For me, it was nice just to have some time with my family because we all had a bit of time off work and just sort of recover from the year 2023 and plan ahead for 2024. But whilst I was taking a break, apparently Formula One doesn't always like to take a break in the off season and the rumor mill and the news still comes through even though we don't have cars on track. So let's just delve into what happened over winter break, some of the main headlines, because I know some people do switch off from Formula One over winter break, which is completely understandable. But if you're just starting to get back into it now, ready for the 2024 season, here's what you might want to know. We are going to start off with the fact that Williams have officially re-signed Logan Sargent. So yes, he has finally got his seat for another year with Williams. They ended up confirming that very early on in winter break and it was just after James Wells had finished doing his season review, which I was watching online with Williams. And then later that same day, they did announce that they had re-signed him. I'll be honest with you guys, this wasn't a huge surprise for me. I don't really think it was a huge surprise for a lot of Formula One fans if you were seeing the way that Williams were talking about him the social media they had surrounding him and the language that both his race engineer and James Wells were using it was very much thinking about his improvement for 2024 and looking into the future for him so I think they were just being cautious wanted to really comb through some of the data that he had and probably just iron some things out in his contract but yes Logan Sargent has been confirmed to still be on the grid in 2024 and that does mean that we have a completely unchanged grid for the 2024 season and all of the same drivers in all of the same teams that finished in 2023 starting in 2024 and it's the first time that's ever happened now for logan i think this is gonna be a really big year for him right because his rookie year i think williams gave him a fair bit of leniency with the crashes and the accidents and things like that and just his general performance and that's not to say they were just letting him get away with absolutely everything but i think they were just a little bit more lenient about it they understood it was his first year in formula one and he was going through a learning curve understandably right but i think in 2024 they are going to be expecting a little bit more from him they're probably going to want to see the number of crashes and accidents come down they're going to want to see him a little bit more toe-to-toe with Alex Albon, his teammate, I would say. Especially in qualifying, because in the 22 races last year, Logan wasn't able to out-qualify Alex once. So I think that's an area they're really going to be hoping he improves in. And that's not only going to be important to Logan's development, but also Williams's development, right? Because 2023, Williams looked like they had a much stronger car than they've had in a couple of years. You've got to be honest. It looked more midfield. They finished the constructors in seventh they're going to want to keep getting more and more competitive. And what they need then is for both of their drivers to be in the points, not just Alex or neither of them being there. When the car is good, when it's on a track that is really suited towards it, they need both drivers to be in the points and better qualifying will help with that as well. So a very important year for Logan Sargent, I think, coming up. But congratulations to him for having another year in Formula One. And like I mentioned, that news came out very early on in winter break. And then we had a little bit of a lull when not much was going on. 
And then I saw an article come out and it was just this one article that I saw. It was just this one article that I know some of the other F1 content creators that I follow on TikTok saw. And it was an article that basically said that there were a couple of TPs or team principals in Formula One that had concerns about a conflict of interest with Toto Wolff and Susie Wolff. And of course, Toto Wolff is the team principal for the Mercedes F1 team and he is married to Susie Wolff, who is currently in charge of the F1 Academy. And in Susie role it means that she is in conversations with all of the teams especially in this coming year now where the teams will be sponsoring at least one driver in Formula One Academy on top of the fact that she will talk to Stefano Domenicali who is the CEO of Formula One just to try and help get women into racing as part of her role as the head of F1 Academy. She has been in this post for a year now, right? This isn't a new appointment. She was the head of the F1 Academy for the entirety of the 2023 season and going into 2024, she will be keeping in that role. So this isn't new for her. This also isn't new for any of the team principals. They knew that she was going into this role. She has sat and had meetings with the team principals about sponsorship and about them supporting the F1 Academy, right? But apparently there were TPs that were expressing concerns that there was information that Toto Wolf was giving Susie Wolf about some of the teams. Susie was giving this to Stefano Domenicali or the other way around where Stefano Domenicali had information and that Susie was giving this then to Toto, which might help Mercedes and so on and so forth, right? So they were saying that there was just this conflict of interest there. And bear in mind that these complaints were coming a year into her role. And I just think if any of the team principals genuinely, genuinely thought there was going to be a conflict of interest there, surely you would bring that up before she had even taken on the role properly when they were announcing her as the head of the F1 Academy. But anyway, there was just that one article that was stating this, like I said, right? There was no big sort of F1 media outlet that had picked up on this report. There was nothing, nobody in the F1 sphere, none of the journalists that I follow, not even many of the content creators had really picked up on this story. So I had put it down to nothing. There's a lot of people that just make up stories during winter break because sometimes there's not much going on and there's only so many times you can rehash something from the 2023 season and so sadly some people will just make up stories and I thought that was just one of those cases. And then the FIA released a statement. The FIA in the statement said that they were launching an investigation into Toto and Susie Wolf about this whole conflict of interest that they were really going to be looking into it. And Sky Sports has said that it had understood that the FIA were going to be investigating because F1 team principals had come to the FIA and complained about the conflict of interest and therefore the FIA had to do their duty and look into it. Now later on that same day both Susie Wolf and the Mercedes F1 Instagram account ended up putting out separate statements. So in Susie Wolf's statement she spoke about how she felt the accusations were rooted in intimidatory and misogynistic behaviour and that she fully denied all of the allegations that were being put against her. In the Mercedes statement right now this was mainly about the fact that the FAA compliance department who were going to be doing the investigating hadn't even told the team that the investigation was going ahead. They hadn't been told about any of the allegations or the investigation, but the Mercedes team did say they denied all the allegations about their team principal, Toto Wolff. And you can tell there was a lot of upset from Susie Wolf and from Mercedes, and I would assume at this point also Toto Wolff about these allegations, the fact that one, that they had happened, and two, that the FIA hadn't actually informed them. And on top of that, apparently, the FIA also hadn't told Formula One, as in the FOM, Formula One Management, 
that they were being investigated in all of this as well. So there were very clear communication issues that were going on here, but it really did not stop there, everyone, because we then get to the day after the investigation was announced by the FIA. And we have an update from nine of the 10 of Formula One teams. And obviously this did not include Mercedes because they were taking part in this investigation. But these nine statements were pretty much a copy and paste statement that all the teams had ended up releasing on their Instagram pages or on X or somewhere on their social media so people could see it. And I am going to have to read out this statement because for the life of me, I'm not going to remember this off the top of my head. So here we go. And it says that we can confirm we've not made any complaint to the FIA regarding the allegation of information of a confidential nature being passed between an F1 team principal and a member of the FOM staff. We are pleased and proud to support F1 Academy and its managing director, i.e. Susie Wolf, through our commitment to sponsor an entrant in our liveries from next season. And like I said, it was a copy and paste statement from all of the teams. Some of them just ended up putting a team name in or there was a little change to wording, but it was by and large the same statement that all nine teams have put out. None of them have complained. They didn't think Toto or the FOM were colluding and sending any information to each other and that they fully supported the F1 Academy and fully supported Susie Wolf and what she was doing with that series and in addition to that that same day Christian Horner was on Sky Sports and he did an interview right and he said that yep he had not gone to the FAA to complain about Toto and Susie Wolf at all and obviously we know that there is some competition between Red Bull and Mercedes especially after the 2021 season we know that sometimes it can get heated between Toto and Christian but he said himself look yeah there's a rivalry between the teams when we're on track but when we get off track, there is respect and they don't spill over into things off track. And he once again reiterated the fact that he fully supports the work that Susie's doing with the F1 Academy and that he thinks that she's doing a good job there. Going back to the statement, so this definitely seemed to be something that was very coordinated, right? Because all of these statements came out within half an hour to an hour of each other. They went randomly throughout the day. They went over a couple of days all the teams had ended up seemingly posting this within an hour of each other. And then the day after that, the FIA ended up releasing another statement and here is what it said. And yes, I'm going to have to read this one out again. Following a review of Formula One management's F1 code of conduct and F1 conflict of interest policy and confirmation that appropriate protective measures are in place to mitigate any potential conflicts, the FIA is satisfied that FOM's compliance management system is robust enough to prevent any unauthorized disclosure of confidential information. The FIA can confirm that there is no ongoing investigation in terms of ethical or disciplinary inquiries involving any individual. As the regulator, the FIA has a duty to maintain the integrity of global motorsport. The FIA reaffirms its commitment to integrity and fairness. It was a lot of words in that statement that basically could have just said there was no need for us to investigate everything is fine that's what it ends up feeling like it's saying right because essentially they're saying yep the FOM Formula 1 management's code of conduct and all of their privacy policies and everything are very robust and they are ensuring that no information is being passed that shouldn't be passed on and yeah, we don't need to investigate anyone. And that statement, yeah, definitely at the time felt like it was coming off the back of all of the teams saying that they had never complained because it was making the FAA look, well, kind of ridiculous because we were hearing that the only reason the FAA were investigating were because some team principals had gone to the FAA about this conflict of interest. And when all nine of those other teams are saying, nope, we haven't said anything, we don't think there's an issue, and we don't think there's an issue with Total Wolf and the FOM, we fully support Susie Wolf, the point of the investigation seems moot. 
And after that, Susie Wolf released another statement, and here's what it said. When I saw the statement issued by the FAA yesterday evening, my first reaction was, is that it? For two days, insinuations have been made about my integrity in public and through background briefings, but nobody from the FAA has spoken to me directly. I might have been collateral damage in an unsuccessful attack on somebody else with the target of a failed attempt to discredit me personally, but I have worked too hard to have my reputation called into question by an unfounded press release. We have come a long way as a sport. I was extremely thankful for the unified support of the Formula 1 teams. I've worked with so many passionate women and men at F1 and the FIA who have the very best interests of our sport at heart. However, this episode has so far taken place without transparency or accountability. I have received online abuse about my work and my family. I will not allow myself to be intimidated and intend to follow up until I have found out who has instigated this campaign and misled the media. What happened this week is simply not good enough. As a sport, we must demand and we deserve better. And on top of that, Total Wolf then released his statement through the Mercedes Instagram account because he doesn't have his own Instagram account and his basically said, look, we understand that there is a significant media interest in the events of this week. We are currently in active legal exchange with the FIA. We await full transparency about what took place and why, and we have expressly reserved all legal rights. Therefore, we ask for your understanding that we will not be commenting officially for now, but we will certainly address the matter in due course. Now, this was at the beginning of December. That was released on the 8th of December. So we haven't had any update. I'm assuming they're still sorting out things legally with the FIA. But yeah, there was a lot going on here. And at the time when I was looking into sort of Wolfgate or the FIA versus the Wolves, wherever you want to call it, I came across a BBC Sports article and I found it really interesting because they were talking in general about everything that had happened, about the article, about the statements that had been released. And then there were some interesting points that got brought up. And essentially it said that there were some senior figures in Formula One that are reviewing the entire thing surrounding Toto and Susie Wolf as a result of a fight that's happened between Toto Wolf and Mohamed Ben Salem, the FIA president. Apparently, Ben Salem has not been happy with Toto's intervention in F1 matters, both publicly and privately. Now, the article then went on to say that there have been worsening relations between the FIA and F1 recently. Ben Salem said that he was going to be taking more of a step back from F1 in 2023, but apparently he is still taking quite an active part in the sport. And I don't know whether you guys remember, but after the Las Vegas press conference, both Toto Wolf and Frederick Basu got fined for swearing in that. And apparently that was a decision made by Ben Sullivan. So he's still very actively involved and making very direct orders according to this article in Formula One. So in general, there seems to be something bubbling on the surface between F1 and the FIA. I think we kind of knew that Ben Sullivan and Total Wolf weren't the best of friends anyway. Whatever's going on, it does seem to be rearing its head. So I'll wait and see what happens there in general. But bringing it back to Susie Wolf and Total Wolf, but specifically Susie Wolf here, right? It is so upsetting that she got dragged into this for no reason. There was no solid evidence. There was no proof. There was nothing linking her to the fact that she was giving information to people that she shouldn't be. It was one news article. Apparently, if we were to take the statements from the F1 teams at face value, none of the TPs had gone to the FIA about this. And yet she was dragged into this entire thing for no reason. And yet, like she said, there's been no apology on behalf of the FIA about any of this within the space of 24, 48 hours, you've dropped the investigation into both of them. And as she said, there was a vast amount of reputational damage there. The amount of hate that I saw towards her about women in motorsport in general, attacking what she was doing, her relationship with Toto, 
there was absolutely no need for it and yet there's been no apology and we still don't know why it even happened in the first place whether we find out or not i don't know but i hope susie ends up finding out what went on because certain things will just stay behind closed doors but you know she obviously wants answers Toto obviously wants answers and I hope they eventually get them. That was probably one of the most dramatic and one of the most aggravating things to happen during F1 winter break for me. It just seemed completely and utterly unnecessary and yep, still doesn't look like it's completely wrapped up just yet. So bear in mind, all of this happened the day before the FIA awards were happening, right? And so probably not the best timing for the FIA, but lo and behold, we still went out to Baku for the FIA awards. When I say we, I mean, I didn't attend, but the drivers and the teams and the FIA were out there for the FIA awards. Lewis Hamilton was going to have to be there this year. He was picking up a trophy for getting P3 in the driver's championship. And if you are getting an award, the top three in any category have to turn up to the FIA awards, otherwise they get fined, right? So he was going. He went there. He picked up the award and it was actually a drama-free evening considering everything that had happened in the run-up to the award ceremony. And then a day or so later, a German magazine ended up reporting that Lewis had left his trophy for P3 in the WDC at the ceremony. So he hadn't taken it home with him. And I wasn't sure if I completely believed this at the time. And then I saw tweets from a fan who attended the ceremony where he had multiple photos of him having the trophy in his house. And he said that Lewis had left it on a table. He had asked Lewis, could I take it? And Lewis said, sure. And so the entire internet went crazy thinking that, yeah, that was Lewis saying, I don't care about the P3 trophy and just giving it to some random fan. But it wasn't long after this that Mercedes ended up having to send out another statement. And I'm pretty sure both their PR and media team did not think they were going to have to put in this much work over winter break. But essentially, the statement was saying that after he had left the stage, he had accepted an offer from FIA officials for the trophy to be sent on to the team and left it in the official's care. And he'd done this in previous prize-giving ceremonies because Lewis doesn't take his own trophy home. He ends up having it sent back to Mercedes and they keep it at the factory. But they did say he didn't give the trophy to anyone as a gift. He gave it to an FAA official to be sent back to Mercedes in the UK. And then we had a source from the FAA prize-giving ceremony that also confirmed that the trophy was handed over to an FAA official for safekeeping and that Lewis hadn't gifted the trophy to any fan. And then we had two tweets come from the guy who had all these photos with the trophy and said that Lewis had given it to him as a gift so he could take home. And he said he's very disappointed to see some messages written to me like thief or something. First of all, I want to say that I didn't steal anything from anywhere. This is just a misunderstanding. Lewis Hamilton put the award on the table. I asked him if I could take the prize. He said to me, yes, you can take the prize. And I thought he gifted me the award. But now after seeing the statement from Mercedes, I understand that Lewis did not gift me the award. He mistakenly thought I was the FIA official in charge of the award. I probably shouldn't laugh at this, but I cannot imagine you just turning to the Lewis Hamilton, a seven-time world champion, and saying, could I take this? As in, can I keep your award? And genuinely thinking that Lewis is like yeah you can keep it and Lewis also mistakenly thinking that a fan was a member of the FIA 
this legit has to be one of the most bizarre stories that's come out of winter break and i still don't know whether mercedes actually have that award yet or not but hopefully they'll give us an update when they do i would assume they would have it by now we've had some team name changes as per the entry list given to us by the fia alfa romeo have now officially left formula one we knew this was going to happen it was just a question of what cyber were renaming themselves to i thought they were just going to go back to cyber Apparently, Stake is now their main sponsor and they are the Stake F1 team. On the entry list, though, they are the Stake F1 team Kick Sauber. So that is one of the changes we're seeing. AlphaTauri are down as AlphaTauri RB. I think we're getting a name change there, which will either be released later this month or during their launch. And I think they are going to be called Racing Bulls. But talking about car launch dates, we have, I think at the moment three of them being confirmed and this is as of the 7th of january had to check the date then so yes these are the ones that we've had confirmed so far so the earliest two that we have are williams and stake and they are releasing on the same day both of them have picked release on the 5th of february williams are actually going to be launching in new york instead of in the uk where the team is based and they have got a lot of links with America now between Logan Sargent and who is actually funding the team and owns the team. So they are launching out in New York. Will be interesting to see what happens there. Sauber are going to actually be launching in London this year. So they will not be in Switzerland where the team is based. And I assume that is going to be because of the ban around gambling and advertising gambling in Switzerland and because they wouldn't be able to do the launch there properly. They've opted to do it in the UK. So that is a bit of a difference this year. Two teams launching on the same date, though. I mean, testing doesn't start until the 21st of February. There are plenty of dates to pick from, but Sauber and Williams will be releasing their cars and their liveries on the same day. Ferrari have opted to pick the 13th of February, and they were actually the first team to confirm their launch date. And we don't actually know anything about their launch. Unlike with Williams and Sauber, where we at least know the location, we don't know with Ferrari. Yes, it will more than likely be in Italy, but last year they opted to head down to the track and actually launch it there instead of at the factory at Maranello. So it will be interesting to see if they opt to do the same thing with the live car testing again or not, or whether they're just going to be on stage with the car like most other teams do. Aston Martin, sorry, yes, there were four teams actually that have confirmed Aston Martin are going to be launching their car on the 12th of february at silverstone so at the track just across the road from the factory which should be very exciting but those are the only four teams out of the 10 so far that we have now we have some other rumors i think alpine was rumored for the 6th of february i want to say and then mclaren and mercedes were also rumored to be doing a launch on the same day on the 14th of february so valentine's day but we've had no other confirmations yet I don't think it's going to be long until we get those confirmations coming in, though. Away from that, we have had some departures in the FIA. We've had two departures that I know of, actually. So Steven Nielsen has quit as the FIA Sporting Director for Formula One, and he was in the job role for less than a year. He joined in January 2023. And at the time, the drivers and the teams were really happy that he took up this role. They were really friendly with him, or they at least thought he was going to do a really good job in the role. And I think it's going to be a little bit of a blow to them to see him go as of right now we have no reason as to why he left there's been no statement from him or the FAA about why he's leaving but sources close to Nielsen has said that he was just unhappy with his role 
He didn't think the FIA were listening to him and the changes he thought were necessary to make the race control operation. The FIA just didn't seem to be listening to him and helping him make those changes in his role. We also had Deborah Mayer resigning from her role as the president of the Women in Motorsport Commission. She said she wanted to focus on other projects like the Iron Dames, which she's the founder of. But yes, those are two people who have fairly important jobs in the FAA leaving. In some happier news though, we do have some New Year's honours related to Formula One. So Christian Horner, who is the team principal at Red Bull, is getting a CBE for his services to motorsport and that is coming off the back of a record-breaking year for Red Bull, a third WDC for Max Verstappen, so a massive, massive congratulations to Christian Horner for his award. And then the other New Year's honours on King Charles's list goes to Ron Dennis. Now, I know him as the former CEO of McLaren. I'm sure a lot of you guys do too. But he's not necessarily getting a knighthood. Yes, a knighthood. He will be Sir Ron Dennis. For his services to motorsport, he's actually getting his knighthood for his services to industry and charity. And I didn't know about this, right? Because like I said, I know Ron Dennis as the CEO of McLaren. But this man has actually founded two charities or co-founded a charity. So the charity that he founded was Podium Analytics, which works with sporting stars to help reduce injury. But he also helped found another charity called Tommy's, which is a pregnancy charity to help reduce complications and loss and to support those who are going through those specific circumstances. So a massive congratulations to Sir Ron Dennis as well. Amazing to see Formula One on the New Year's Honours list. And finally, and okay, these aren't necessarily bits of news, they're more rumours, so I might be cheating a little bit, but let's just humour me for a second. Let's talk about car development over winter break because we've had some news articles and sort of rumour pieces come out from a couple of the teams. I want to start out with Ferrari because they're the team that I've heard the most about over winter break and whether that's a good sign or not, I am leering up to you guys to decide, but we've had a lot of positivity come out of Ferrari. We have heard and this I actually do believe that there is a 95% new car coming in for 2024. They are scrapping a lot of the 2023 car and going in a new direction. Carlos Sainz has come out and said that the new car is behaving differently in the simulator and I'm gonna say that does sound like a positive thing and the way he was saying it sounds positive. However he said they aren't gonna really know what the car is doing until they put the car on track with the fuel load though. But yes a 95% new car. Apparently 30 or 40 downforce points being found on that car, which would be incredible for them. Like I said, we will have to wait and see it as with all of the teams I'm going to mention. Mercedes are the other team I've heard more recent news about, I would say. So they are changing a lot on their car, which nobody would be surprised at. I'm pretty sure this is something that Toto mentioned at the end of 2023 as well. Things like a lighter and smaller gearbox, the cockpit is moving backwards a bit more as per Lewis's request. He was not happy with where it was in the W14. And apparently there is going to be no arrow from the 13 or 14 being carried over to the W15. George thinks that Mercedes has learned from the mistakes of the past and that they're not going to sort of be just rushing into things like they have done before. And there's just a bit more, I guess, thought process going into the W15. But that's the news we've heard off of them. Alpine are yet another team that are changing a lot of things on their car, like Mercedes and Ferrari. Hopefully it will also help improve the rate that they DNF and just their consistency in general. And finally, with Red Bull, Christian Horner has said that this 2024 car is going to be an evolution of the 2023 car and not a revolution. 
no reason to change what's not broken. Apparently, however, they are already starting to look forward to the 2025 car. They started development on the 2024 car fairly early, pretty much finished on that development, which means that they can look ahead to 2025. So that could be a little bit worrying for some of the other teams who are obviously going to be waiting to get the car to hit the track out in Bahrain during testing to figure out whether or not they're on the right track especially with teams like Ferrari, Mercedes and Alpine who are changing so much on their car. But yes, make of all that as you will. We don't know how much of it is true or not and we will wait when we actually see the cars because some of them will not be shown during the launch. Some of them we will only see liveries during the car launch and we will have to wait until we get out to testing and to the race to actually see what these cars look like. I can't lie though. I am so, so excited for Formula 1 to come back. We are now less than a month from the very first set of car launches coming out and just about a month and a half away from us getting now towards testing. It's getting closer and closer. More and more news is now coming out. I will be keeping on top of it all. If I don't mention it on a podcast episode, you can get all of that news on my social media accounts. So you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at stewards underscore office. I also use threads and X, same handles, but you can get all the latest news updates that I'm posting on there. Thank you guys so, so much for listening and please subscribe to me wherever you listen to your podcast or on YouTube to get notifications when I post next. And I will see you guys the next time you're summoned to the steward's office.